Randy, I hear we're getting a reputation for being the mum and dad of product. What are you talking about, Gooey? I thought we were the cool, rebellious teenagers. <laughs> okay, Boomer. Sorry, just kidding. <laughs> I knew that you were cool once upon a time and that you're Gen X, but you know, all of you people look the same to us youngsters. Wink, wink. <laughs> <laughs> but that wasn't the point of all that. I wanted to talk about being parents. Ah, uh, yes. We both got kids, and I know that being a parent has made me a better manager, but what's that got to do with today's episode? Everything, actually. We're talking with Karen Hershenson and Shelley Kalish, two amazing product people who are also mums, about how they've navigated raising a family and their careers. Yeah, they're both really impressive. I loved hearing from them, and I learned a lot from this chat. Everyone's experience is different, and they bring up some really interesting points. So let's get started. The product experience is brought to you by Mind the Product. Every week, we talk to the best product people from around the globe about how we can improve our practice and build products that people love. Visit mindtheproduct.com to catch up on past episodes and to discover an extensive library of great content and videos. Browse for free or become a Mind the Product member to unlock premium articles, unseen videos, AMAs, roundtables, discounts to our conferences around the world, training opportunities, and more. Mind the Product also offers free product tank meetups in more than 200 cities, and there's probably one near you. Karen, Shelley, it's so fantastic to have you here today. I'm really excited about the topic, although I'm definitely the minority on the call today. Um, before we jump into the topic, can we just get you to introduce yourselves a little bit? And because it's relevant, we're going to ask you to do a little bit extra. Talk to us about yourselves, about the job, about how you got into product, but also a tiny bit about your families. Who wants to go first? Sure. Go ahead, Shelley. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. Um, so, Shelley Kalish, I have been in the tech industry for about 10 years, eight of which have been in product. I've done everything from SaaS to ad tech and most recently um, financial. I work at American Express, uh, director of the mobile app at American Express. I love learning about how websites are built, interactions. I love working with the customer. My through line has always been the customer in any industry that I've worked on. And I, I love product almost as much as, as I love chocolate. Um, and, and of course my children, which I do love more. I have two. I have a daughter who is a three and a half, a true to form three-nager, uh, going through the moods, uh, recently and, um, a 10 month old, um, Mia's my oldest, Livy is the baby. Um, my husband is actually, um, in the solar energy industry. Um, but he is a very supportive husband, um, I'd like to say it's it's 50 50 um, with maybe leaning heavily towards me doing a lot of like just the day to day um, like mental load. Uh, but he is truly a, a very supportive husband and helps with the kids a lot. So I am very lucky in, in that regard. Awesome. Thanks, Shelley. Um, and, and I'm all for the supportive husbands. <laughs> <laughs> um, and Karen, how about you? Um, I have been in product for about 12 years. Um, I don't think it was initially called product. I've had a number of different roles, anything from uh, customer experience analyst all the way through 
Now I am a director of product at a travel tech company. Um, and in my household, I also have two kids. My son is two and a half. My younger daughter is 10 months old. So Shelly and I actually have two younger children who are a day apart. And my husband has been working from home as well. And it's been quite hectic working out of a New York City two-bedroom apartment with everyone here. <laughs> um, the bulk of the parenting definitely falls on me. I tend to work in more of an open space in my living room. I get to look after the two kids. And my husband gets a little more privacy because he has to be on a lot more video calls throughout the day. Not that I'm not on calls, but I think in his line of work, he works in private equity um, and investor relations. So he's often meeting with investors and he has to be on video calls and he's definitely not as open to having kids in the background. And uh, I know that my colleagues have been very understanding and I tend to not shy away from telling people that I am a parent and that I, this is my situation these days. I think that's really interesting and it, it would be, right, Karen, I'm going to ask this question, but tell me if it's too personal. <laughs> so do you think that because um, because you're the mum and uh, in that role that you're kind of more accepting of um, being more open about being a parent working from home than, than your partner? Do you think he has to do you think he feels like he has to kind of put on an air of professionalism in, in that kind of um, private equity role or is? I don't think it has to do with the gender in this case. I think it definitely has to do with the line of work. I have a lot of close mm. friends in my network and a lot of them are, are lawyers and specifically the lawyers are less keen to have their children around. They definitely need more privacy when they are on calls and, um, I really think that it really depends on your role, the company, how accepted you think your workplace is. Um, so, no. <laughs> so it's more the working in the tech industry. I guess there's that whole thing about coming as your full self uh, that's kind of embraced in, in the tech industry generally. I don't know if you've experienced that, Shelley, as well, whether that's a tech thing rather than a, yeah, anything else. I I do think in the tech industry, you know, we've always we, we were the trendsetters of coming to to work in jeans and t-shirts versus in, in suits. So I think there's always more of an air of casual when it comes to tech. But I will say that, you know, even for me being in the tech industry, I remember when I was pregnant or, you know, when I became a mom for a long time, I, I was still ashamed when I was going on interviews and talking to people. And I, I did feel at first embarrassed to say, oh, I have to leave because I have, you know, my daughter's doctor's appointment. So there was some part of me that still felt a little ashamed to like admit it that I had like home responsibilities, less so now. And that's something that um, I've, I've definitely learned to do. But I, I do think, yes, tech industry has been more accepting of the differences of you know people's work-life balance and and things like that and with that sense of sort of like feeling ashamed at the beginning um what would you say to women who are thinking of starting a family um now to reassure them around that kind of you know the, the acceptance I guess of being a parent and did you actually, you know, did you, was there any reason really for feeling ashamed? Did anyone ever actually make you feel like it was a problem? 
Yeah, you know, sometimes I think we're, we're all our, our biggest uh, critics and it's, we're always the hardest on our, ourselves internally. Um, I don't think anyone made me feel that way. I, I do feel sometimes it's harder to do things when you are a parent, whether it's like network or stay the later hours. And so that was more probably a big burden I put on myself versus someone else putting it on me. Um, but what I would say is I think it's super important to speak up and be heard, I think, especially now more than ever. And especially now that we're virtual, we have to make an extra effort to speak up and and be heard. Um, so I, I do think, you know, women who are thinking of having a family, but have the careers that are still important to them or want to build on their career, um, to, to know that you you can, you know, have the career, you, you know, don't feel ashamed and, and to do speak up, you know, if you have to go to a doctor's appointment, because you know, you're pregnant, and you have to get that scan, just say, hey, I have a doctor's appointment. And I think people will be more accepting than than not. I mean, there are always the edge cases. But I think once you let it out once, and you're open about it, you'll and you see that it's accepted, you'll feel a lot more comfortable. And, you know, I am a mom to two daughters, and it's been really, really important to me to be that role model for them and to show them, hey, not only your father works, your mother works too, and her career is important. Um, mm -hmm. And she also has to be in the room locked up and, and working from her computer. Um, so I think just think of it also for the family that you're going to build and the example that you want to set for your kids as well. So I'm, I'm literally the odd man out on this podcast. Um, <laughs> and I... I understand what you're saying, but you know, my perception has always been that I'm supportive of, of everyone who works for me uh, and everyone I work with. I've always told people, if you need to be home or away for any reason, do that. That comes important, but it just, you know, I ask a few very basic things like if we have a meeting scheduled tomorrow and you're not going to be in, just tell me so I don't come in just for you. Um, if you need me to cover, just give me some some warning, as much warning as you can and things like that. But it's the same for uh, for anyone on my team. So I'm curious about any times that you have experienced it. So I've got this perception that everything is easy or we manage everyone the same. And I know that's not going to be true. So I'm curious about a time when it hasn't worked for you and how you handled it and what do you learn from that? Well, I can certainly tell you about some times that I never anticipated having. Um, before I was a parent, I, I'll start by saying that I honestly never really thought about the difficulties and the challenges that every parent faces. I mean, kudos to parents out there who probably feel very accomplished by the time they get to the office. Um, <laughs> There's a lot that goes into the mornings, I know. And now it's a little more, I guess, fluid in some ways because we're not rushing to get them out the door for anything. But um, there have been times where I suddenly have had to leave the office because um, my son was going to daycare previously and my husband would normally do drop off and I would do pickup. But for the second or third day in a row, he forgot to leave them with diapers. And the daycare finally called me and said, you need to come and give us a pack of diapers where we're, we can't keep borrowing from his classmates. And it made me feel so ashamed that I actually needed to drop everything and miss a meeting to go take the subway back home, get the pack of diapers, take it to the daycare. And then I ended up just working from home the rest of the day. And in those moments, I've felt really torn because I've had to suddenly leave the office, tell people, you know what, I'm, I'm going to take it from the road. And I'm sure some people like you, Randy, might have come into the office just to meet. 
Um, and I ended up not going all the way back to the office. So um, it, it really has been hard. Uh, I don't like to let people down. And in that situation, I really needed to drop everything and just tend to the daycare situation. But I think people are usually very understanding, especially when um, I'm just going to generally say that product people are generally transparent. I always tell my team that you should overshare versus undershare so that people really understand um, what it is that you're trying to achieve, what it is that you're trying to um, not necessarily avoid or deprioritize. Um, and in this example, I'm really just thinking about all of the stakeholders that we need to constantly say no to in different ways. And it's not because we don't hear you, but it's because of X, Y, Z. And you know, this is where I tell my team to be overly transparent with people so that they understand you're not just saying no, but they really feel um, the struggles that you need to take to actually prioritize something for your roadmap. So um, that's that's still a challenge today, um, even more so in many ways, but um, we're, we're just working through it case by case. So I don't know if Shelly has a similar or different example. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm just trying to think of it, but, by, but still making sure I can uh, keep my job at the end of the day <laughs> <laughs> without disclosing names. So I'll give I'll give a, a quick example. Uh, I think you know there there are usually two types of people who are at the workforce. Uh, it's people who are parents themselves and who can empathize or relate to other parents um, and are a little bit more understanding in many of the cases. And then there are the select few who aren't parents and their job is everything. And, you know, I work in finance and it's, it's a known fact that especially finance in New York City, uh, you, you, you work yourself to the ground. I mean, the hours are pretty crazy. I'm lucky to, you know, work at a company that values a lot of work-life balance. Um, but there are always those select few people who put work in front of everything and have a harder time understanding the responsibilities that it takes uh, to, to, you know, take a kid to school or to be at home with a sick one. And I, I've, I've had a few sarcastic comments made to me that, you know, were meant to be a joke, but the tone was there. And, you know, as mm-hmm. Seinfeld always just used to say, there's uh, truth in every joke. And it, it, it's still, it's still somewhat like, punctured me a little bit, even though I knew there wasn't any harm intended. Um, and so it, it was, there have been times when it's been st- pretty stressful when I've been late to work because I've had to go and take my daughter to a doctor's appointment. And um, I didn't, I, I, I would sneak in without anyone seeing me. And, you know, again, it's not that I should be ashamed. I had to take her to the doctors, but I was still, I didn't really want to explain myself and, and um, explain that. And especially to the people who I felt were less understanding at the time. Um, so I think, yeah. Do you, I'm curious, do you think that, uh, the last few months of, of people working remotely, not going into the office and people, everyone facing these, or anyone with kids facing these challenges and people without kids seeing all their colleagues with them facing challenges, do you think uh, people's attitudes have changed? I think some have definitely. I think actually the first look we had into this was there was that uh, famous, uh, I think it was BBC interview of that guy who uh, was on the news and his kids came in the background and, you yeah. know, and then, yeah, the wife kind of pulled them out and now it's everybody's reality pretty much. And so um, I think people have grown a little bit more accustomed to seeing like they'll be on client calls and like hear kids in the background and see kids in the background. So 
maybe it's less, I don't know if it's attitudes have changed or more like this is just the new normal that we have to get accustomed to and learn to accept whether we like it or not, to be honest. Mm. Well, um, I've actually had a situation where I was on a call with someone. It's another parent, but that parent has one child who is maybe not even a year old. Um, and I know that this person was really trying to be empathetic and it was a really stressful moment for me. It was just a one-on-one casual catch up, uh, with a colleague and I was changing my daughter's diaper. My son was also saying pee, 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 pee on the side. I'm like, Oh my goodness. Just a moment. I finished changing her. And he, by the time, I don't know, it must've been 15 seconds or less. My son had already gone on the floor and I just put my daughter down so that I could tend to him. So now I am on the call and it's not a video chat or anything, but still, I mean, everyone in the room is, is pretty telling of what the scene could look like. And I, I had to mop it up right away and I got so flustered. I'm flustered now just thinking back to it. I had to make sure that my son was cleaned. I had to clean the puddle up. My daughter was about to crawl all over it. And the person that I was talking to said, oh, um, you know, I, I totally understand. I, I've got, I'm a parent myself, or I don't remember the comment. And I actually snapped and I said, no, you don't really understand. I never understood what it's like to, to parent a child older than the age of my eldest. And it's been really difficult. Um, and I, I think that was a moment where I felt, I felt like I just needed to say something because I was that stressed. And so mm-hmm. I think it really does help when people see the struggles that parents of different children at different ages go through, um, especially if they haven't gone through it yet themselves. Mm. And do you think that there's um, an element of, um, I guess, you know, our generation was never really exposed to to this kind of stuff with other female role models within business like talking about their families or bringing kind of family life to work or I certainly wasn't I actually don't remember any female executive role models at all to be honest they were all men in the leadership roles so you know do do have you had any of that within the companies that you've worked in are there women within the sort of managerial leadership ranks within the businesses showing the same vulnerabilities or or even men to be honest like parents at all sharing their vulnerabilities and and understanding of how difficult it is um to kind of parent and manage work as well yeah i think that a lot of women um and i, I would say more now than before have tried you know to get on a stage or to talk about uh the hardships of you know, being a, a working mom. So we hear a lot about it. I, I think, you know, at American Express, they do a really good job trying to promote that as well. Um, but I think it's it's always hard seeing it from another side to, to Karen's point, right? When you are at an executive level, you've kind of almost passed the hardship part, right? When you're kind of in that stage where you're still trying to promote your career and you haven't gotten there, it's hard to relate back to that. Um, and I, I remember reading uh, Cheryl Sandberg's book, Lean In, where she talks about, you know, 
climbing the ladder and being a working mom. Um, and how she says you, you can you can really do it all, which I think since then she's maybe corrected herself a little bit because when I read it, you know, when I originally read it, I wasn't a mom and I was like, wow, this is so inspiring. And then I remember speaking to some friends who were moms or my sister and they're like, well, it's not exactly true. You know, she's kind of forgetting a few core things about needing to be a working mom, which is you really need help. You need to have privilege. You need to have a lot of things that a lot of women don't have. Um, accessible mm. to them as, as you know working mothers or other other people executives have um, so I think there is a lot to be said about you know where you are in your career and playing that mentorship role or setting by example and remembering that not everyone has the same background or has the same you know climb the ladder as you do um, and, you know, I'm not saying that you can't have it both. I, I definitely think you can. And I'm the first one to show that, you know, being a working mom is very important to me. Being a mother is very important to me. And having a career is very, very important to me as well. Um, but I also know that I do have the privilege to have help, to have a supportive husband, to be able to send my daughter to, to daycare um, and to find the support. And I would also say that, um, you know, if, if I had to give advice to those women who were looking to do both is to say, if you don't have that, then the first thing you can do is maybe use your village, whether it's a friend or a family member or someone else who can help you out while you go to like a, a meeting or a job interview or do some sort of presentation. Because uh, I do think it's important that every woman gets the chance to shine in her career or excel. And those opportunities have to be given to them. And they have to also come with a helping hand as well from somewhere. Mind the Products Interactive Online Conference, MTP Con Digital, is back next month and the full lineup is now confirmed. Keynote speakers include the likes of Marty Kagan, Mary Poppendike, and Benedict Evans. You can also join interactive breakout sessions with Joe Vandervoort, Julian Thompson, Cheryl Platts, and many more exciting product people. If you're a Mind the Product member, there's an exclusive ticket offer waiting for you in the events section of your dashboard. If you're not a member yet, all conference tickets include one year of free Mind the Product membership, complete with full access to their new online self-paced training courses. Woohoo! And for senior product leaders, you can apply for a leadership ticket, which includes exclusive access to a dedicated leadership track and a year's free MTP leader membership. Find out more and buy your tickets today at mindtheproduct.com slash digital. Uh, one of the things I learned as a parent, as my son got a little bit older, I learned a lot of patience and different techniques on how to manage him. And it was really transferable to work as I dealt with troublesome stakeholders when I realized, oh, you're just being a toddler. It's so much. Eaten <laughs> that. And then all of a sudden I had techniques for how to deal with it. So is there anything that you've learned as a parent that's made you uh, a better product person? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, one thing that I've I've learned is, uh, to connect more. I think there's this uh, course that I recently took um, about raising toddlers because, hey, we all we all need a toddler manual just as much as we <laughs> need a product manual sometimes. Um, and it says connect before you correct. So I, I do oftentimes try to take like stop 
listen to what my users or my stakeholders or someone is saying um, to better understand how to either influence them or help them understand what motivates them, what sets them off, you know, what what is basically they're trying to accomplish, right? Because the same thing with toddlers. If you if you just take a minute to just stop and if they're having a tantrum and just hold them and make sure they're feeling okay and, and try to understand, okay, why are you really upset or why are you feeling this way? Um, then ultimately I think you can try to calm them down and get them to understand, you know, if you need, if you want to have that snack, okay, let's talk about that in, um, you know, in a, a calm way and, and connecting with them. Um, and I think the other thing that I've, I've definitely learned um, is, influencing if i can win over in a negotiation with my toddler then i can basically influence and win over any stakeholder um, <laughs> to your point randy like you know oh you're just being a toddler and try to get into to that mindset for sure how about you karen well i think honestly i i would almost argue the inverse i think it was being a product manager has really helped me with parenting, especially as I've now just started to see myself into toddlerdom, uh, I think because I've always been pretty transparent and because I've had to say no so many times and try different ways to test, um, test approaches to having, I guess, tantrums in the workplace, I've <laughs> armed myself with a number of tools and, and tricks to come up with new ways to get through to my two and a half year old now. Yeah. I, I, I remember this one time. So on, on that same vein about product managing management, shaping my parenting, I think, you know, product management is always about like researching and testing and innovating and, and trying out new approaches and, you know, doing a lot of A-B testing. And sometimes you got to do, do some A-B testing with your child. Um, <laughs> there was my daughter after the baby was born, my oldest, she went on a, in a hitting phase where she just kept hitting and hitting and hitting. And, you know, and of course, okay, I tried distracting her and that only worked for, you know, a little while. And then I tried uh, timeouts and that obviously didn't effectively work <laughs> at all. And then I did what every good PM slash mother does. I went on social media and I researched what do other mothers do? What do others do to help with the hitting? And I learned time-ins were the new thing. Um, and so I tried the time-ins. Um, and that maybe worked for a little while. And then she learned. Um, and then I, I basically learned that I, I read about some mom who said, all you have to really do is take 10 minutes of your day and spend quality time with your daughter or with your kid. No phones, no siblings, no distractions. Just sit, watch them play, interact with them. And in that 10 minutes, they feel the bond and they feel much more connected to you that it really helps um, deflect, deflect a lot of tantrums to come. And, and that's actually what really, really helped. And I made the conscious effort of you know doing the 10 minutes a day and once a week, you know, doing a special event where we would go and have chocolate, hot chocolate together. Um, even if, you know, the baby needed me, I'd still leave it, you know, pick her up and leave and, and take her. And um, that really, really helped. So it is about just innovating and trying new approaches. Um, and yeah, I think in that being product management has made me a better mom and I'm still learning. 
I'm curious. So a time in, I've never heard that. Is that like giving your team a hack day? <laughs> I wish. Can I wish I could give myself a half day or my toddler a half day? Oh, sorry, not a half day, a hack day. Oh, sorry, I didn't hear you. Oh, <laughs> hack day. <laughs> no. Uh, no, I wish. I wish I could just hack it together. Um, it's, time ins is where you take you you sit with them so they they don't feel alone and they don't feel like punished because I guess punishment apparently in the modern parenting age is is not a way to discipline or not a way to teach it's not a teachable moment um apparently so time ends is when you sit with them and you know you either hold them or you try to comfort them or you have them just calm down while you're there in the room with them and and have them you know comfort themselves and that is really a lot like stakeholder management to me i mean i think a lot of it really stems from empathy and everyone wants to feel heard and I have always given my stakeholders and my clients a good sounding board. And I really do usually agree with where they're coming from and I understand their need. And I think even just that small bit of, I understand that this is a pain for you right now. Um, I think that is really what they get out of that conversation. Even if you're not able to fully solve whatever it is that they're looking for you to solve right away. So mm-hmm. That is very powerful, Shelly, and um, it does work. It works. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I was telling Karen before, I, I recently applied a, my, a technique I used on my toddler to, to my stakeholders um, where I every morning, you know, getting my toddler dressed is, is a fight. And so I learned I give her two options, option A, this dress, or option B, you know, these pants and this shirt. And she has to choose one of the two and not go into the closet and, and ransack everything. And I was I was dealing with some difficult stakeholders. And so I was working with our design team and I said, okay, give me two options. Give me option A where it has, you know, th- these fonts and this color and this call to action button and option B where it's maybe these fonts and we place it a little bit differently. And I went back to the stakeholders and I said, okay, here, you have two options choose one um and they did you know they didn't make up like a third or fourth option and so yeah it goes it's applicable both ways and so there Mm. there's definitely a lot of parallels to to both of both worlds so what's been the best advice or the worst advice that you've had um in kind of going into parenthood as as a sort of working parent well i know uh since shelly and i have young children right now and we probably, again, to my earlier point, I think no one really knows what to expect down the road. Um, and so I might think that this has been the hardest year of my life. Um, but the reality is someone with a child who's about a decade older than mine said something to me that was very wise. And she said, you might think that your children need you a lot right now because they're young, but they might actually need you more in different ways as they grow older. And so I've thought about it so much in terms of what I want out of my career and when I can start to think about moves and when to make them. Uh, And I can't really live my life fearing that I shouldn't go for something or I shouldn't do this or that because I'm a parent. Um, The reality is your children are going to always need you in some form or another. And so this is now coupled with another piece of advice that came from another wise individual. Someone else also told me, to always have acceptance criteria down for when you are about to 
search for that next promotion or the next role or whatever company that you're looking to target because your life is going to dictate a lot of what you can take on, what you want to take on, what um, you just want out of a career becomes a lot more um, specific than had you not become a parent, I think. Yeah. You know, and I think we touched on this before. It's it's really hard to balance, you know, both. Um, everything from just getting to work or staying at work or the sheer amount of things that I, I have to store in my brain. Sometimes I feel like there's a hamster wheel just going, 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 just trying to keep up and make all the, the mental lists. Um, but, you know, both if some if both your career and obviously having your kids and raising them are both important to you, I think the best advice um, I would give and I've learned um, over time is is know your your deal broke breakers on both ends, right? Know, you know, if, if it comes to your career, what you're willing to give up. If it's that happy hour, that networking event, or if it's getting to work on time and being okay being late. Um, and so knowing that, but also with your kids, are you willing to give up maybe going to that recital or being the parent chaperone? Um, you know, you can't be there for every single school event. Um, so just know what you feel comfortable in terms of giving up and, and where your deal breakers are. And I think that will make it a little bit easier to, to manage, to manage both. Okay. I've got one last question. So, um, as as a, as a dad, I there are certain things that I see and that I w- wish were different about workplaces, and that uh, I've tried to to change in in where the places I work. But I have not been. I don't have your perspective on things, and I see lots of workplaces and conferences do making certain accommodations around having uh, uh, nursing rooms and quiet spaces and things like that. And those are very practical things, and they're very specific and actionable. But they're just specific things. I'm curious if what else should change? What else can, would be very helpful for people, let's say in the case of returning to work? Um, what's something you wish conferences, companies would change to make life better and easier to, to accommodate you? Yeah, I think the first thing is um, empathizing and not making assumptions. So again, even though I may not stay late, doesn't mean I don't have the ambition. Um, And so helping parents foster that ambition, even with their limited bandwidth and finding creative ways of giving them opportunities to step up um, and not maybe huge projects that take up so much of their time, but maybe in little chunks. You had a recent, you had recently uh, Matt LeMay on the podcast who talked about one page, one hour, and maybe that's a, a good way to get working parents or parents coming back from into the workforce to show that they can deliver something in small chunks and, and to talk about it and still give them that uh, opportunity to to climb up and to get promoted to show that uh, they can deliver to deliver work. So I think for me, it's, it's really about uh, fostering the ambition within the limited bandwidth that parents might have. Well, I, I think the key is really flexibility. And um, the greatest thing about product is that when you have a team, that team dynamic is very important. And I said, I talked a lot about transparency earlier. And I think that as long as you are transparent and you, if you yourself need flexibility and your whole team is willing to be flexible and not have very set specific 
um, schedules for when you need to chat or when you um, want to confine yourself to, to work, typical work hours, then I think it works just fine. Um, I, when I first started out, I remember having a scrum team that was not co-located. I was the only person in New York and the rest of them were in Phoenix, Arizona. And so at any given time of the year, they were either two hours behind or three hours behind. And it actually worked out for me very well. This was, of course, before I was a parent. Uh, I don't want to say, of course. (laughs) Um, But I made myself available to my team during their hours. And they really appreciated me often making myself available during my evenings. And in turn, they were also flexible with me whenever I might have needed some time um, off hours on their side. So I think every team can work themselves out to be successful still, as long as there's that good team dynamic and the flexibility that us parents especially need. I think it's been really, really great um, hearing from both of you. And I think full disclosure, so Randy mentioned that he has a son. He's also the kind of primary carer in his household. Um, And funnily enough, I'm the primary earner in my household with three boys. So it's really, really interesting to get the kind of different perspectives. But I think so many women predominantly are in the situation of being the primary carer and wanting to balance a a job and it's very very difficult but it's also very possible so um kudos to you ladies um, and kudos to randy for um the equality side of things (laughs) Um, thank you you so much for bringing this topic to the podcast it's been really great talking to you thank you both thank you randy thank you lily Right then, Randy, it's time for bed. So let's wrap this one up and go clean our teeth. But I want to do another interview before bed. Okay, this is too weird. I'm not your mother. You can do whatever you like. (laughs) (laughs) In that case, I'm going to add some heavy metal to the end of this episode. Luke, get the Black Sabbath tunes out. Oh, no. Our hosts are me, Lily Smith. And me, Randy Silver. Emily Tate is our producer and Luke Smith is our editor. Our theme music is from Hamburg-based band POW. That's P-A-U. Thanks to Arna Kittler, who runs Product Tank and MTP Engage in Hamburg, and plays bass in the band for letting us use their music. Connect with your local product community via Product Tank, our regular free meetups in over 200 cities worldwide. If there's not one near you, you can consider starting one yourself. To find out more, go to mindtheproduct.com forward slash product tank. Product Tank is a global community of meetups driven by and for product people. We offer expert talks, group discussion, and a safe environment for product people to come together and share learnings and tips. Mm-hmm.